Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of The Switch. And my name is Del Ifetayo. And today I'm going to give my guest a another opportunity to pronounce my name. She got it right the last time, so I hope Carissa will be able to pronounce it and get it right this time. Um, so I have another interesting guest on The Switch. And just like I said, her name is Carissa. Um, I mean, I reached out to Carissa and she was more than graceful enough to, you know, jump on um, on this episode with me. We will be talking about leadership and um, the future of work and then how leaders can you know, make um, the workplace a lot better for, for people that um, they've been interested and trusted to follow. So Carissa, welcome aboard. Thank you for jumping on this episode with me. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to be here. I so appreciate your time. I appreciate everyone who is listening. So thank you so much. Um, as you said, I'm a leadership coach and very passionate about what I believe we are on the cusp of, which is a leadership revolution. So I'm very excited to dive in today and tell you all about how I think we can move into the future in a way that serves all humans. Awesome. Um, okay, so j- just before we dive in, I mean, so give us a little bit of background on yourself, you know, how you started, then why the, the leadership uh, frame in, in the first instance. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. I have close to a decade of corporate experience under my belt. I have done quite a few things in the corporate setting. I tend to joke that I am the Jane of all trades, master of none. (laughs) But, uh, you know, a lot of what started my journey to becoming what I call the leader of my own life, first and foremost, before I could really lead others, is I went through a divorce uh, about a decade ago. And how I arrived at that divorce was uh, an interesting path, not to take you too far down memory lane, but I think it's really important. I had checked all the boxes, right? I was, I thought that I was supposed to get the college degree, get the husband, the kids, the white picket fence, if you will. And when I was well on my way to checking those boxes, I realized that I was very unhappy in my life. And I thought, gosh, there has to be more than this. And so I started listening to that own internal voice that I have inside of me. I started realizing that the path of checking the boxes was not the true path to fulfillment for me personally. So I embarked on a new journey. I decided to take, to veer off the the well-beaten path and to blaze my own trail. And Along the way, I've had some great experiences with incredible leaders who have invested in me, who have sponsored me, who have made me feel safe and empowered and valuable. And I've had experiences with leaders who have done none of those things, right? The leaders who have Uh, what I feel used me for their own personal gain or have stepped on me to advance their career. And it really woke me up to how important leadership is in all aspects of our lives, right? Not just in corporate America, not just in politics, not just in work even, but leadership everywhere. And I believe firmly that we get to dispel the false idea that 
we live in a world that is zero sum, right? There are winners and losers. There are leaders and followers. It's black or white. And so I'm on a mission to really destroy and obliterate the world, the word or, and turn it into and. I think everything in our world is so much more beautiful when we open ourselves up to the world of complexity and possibility when we use the word and instead of or. Interesting. I mean, so let me just try digress a little bit. Um, yeah. So what? So who is that one person that, if you remember, especially with your experience in corporate America, you know, his leadership style stood out for you, and you, and you just, you know, said, I mean, I want to have, I want to be like this person. I want to be able to have, you know, empathy and charisma, and have, you know, heart of gold like like this person. For you, who was that person? Yeah, it's a great question. I think for me, what really made a difference was not the charisma, was not the ability for this leader to command a room even, um, or to produce the best business results, the best leader that I look to. um, And I'm very, very grateful and fortunate to say that it's not just one leader. I've had several, but this one in particular that that stood out in my mind when you asked me that question, she demonstrates a strong willingness to care for people, to create deep connection and to empower and sponsor people because of what's best for them as individual human beings, not just because it advances a corporate agenda or helps us hit a quarterly target. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, so I mean, from my from my experience, um, and I've taught leadership classes every now and then. You tend to find out that most people tend to, you know, slide to the end of the spectrum, and, and this is what I mean. Mm-hmm. So most people will probably just be like, um, like robocops and mercenaries, and they just want to get the job done. So they come to the office and say, "Look, Carissa, get me get this done. We have a deliverable by next week, Monday. You need to get it sorted." Like, and some people just you know are on the other extreme as well it's basically a clubhouse for them for them it's being able to feel loved by their employee and not being able they don't want to rock the boat because they believe rocking the boat might mean them missing out on some sort of friendship or relationship um, as well but i always think that um, being able to find the balance between you know getting the work done and then also being uh, being there for people or the people who you've been entrusted with was a very, very long way. And just like you, you know, just like just just said just now, the willingness to care is has to be strong. The willingness to be able to go the extra mile for the people that you've been, um, you've been entrusted with. It, it goes a long way. I mean, I, um, I've had a few people in my life who they just want to see you do better, not because they have some sort of agenda but because they want to be able to, they want to see, get the best out of you, not for themselves, but for yourself. They want to see a better version of you because they believe that you can do better and then you can be more as well. And over time, I've learned to be able to pay all of those um, forward as well. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, yeah. so we, we basically brings me to next to my, my question is, 
for you. Well, what really exactly quickly, is. if you if you don't yes, if you ahead, don't mind, because um, yes, I think it's a really important call out. Um, I love what you said, right? You know, this willingness to care and to feel loved and connection. And I want to be really clear too that. I believe that most leaders are doing the best they can, right? I believe, perhaps naively, but I choose to believe this, right? I believe that most leaders want to do what's right by their people and most leaders do care. I think that we are operating in a society and especially I can speak to my experience in the U.S., right? Because that's my lived experience. But I think we live in a system where we, one, we promote people because they're great individual contributors, right? We say you're really great, uh, known as the Peter principle, if you're familiar with that. But we promote people assuming that their ability to be a great engineer or a great programmer or a great project manager, whatever the role is, we assume that those skills of greatness will translate into leadership without realizing that oftentimes the values, the actions and the behaviors of leaders to be a true leader of a team differ sometimes widely from what made them a very good individual contributor. And I think so much of especially corporate America, we do not develop and cultivate leaders in a way that truly helps them level up. So, so, you know, I wanted to be clear. Yes, I think we uh, are falling short when it comes to leadership, but I think so much of that is because of how we view leadership and how we develop or fail to develop those leaders when we entrust them in this position, right? I'll speak to one more thing here is Oftentimes, most leaders I know have a full-time day job and, oh, by the way, a team of people to develop, delegate to, and care for. And so when we have to compete between the tactical and the strategic, right? The thing that has to get done today versus Mm -hmm. the thing that would be great to do tomorrow. The thing that has to get done today is always going to win. Um, So so I just wanted to be clear there. I believe in many of our leaders and I think everyone is doing the best they can and wants to do the right thing, but often may not have the, the tools or the resources or support to do that for themselves. Uh, yeah, uh, to be honest, yeah, I totally agree with you, Carissa. Um, it, it basically just, you know, and, and I think the point is most followers, you know, people that, you know, people are leading don't tend to see, they just feel, you know, people are, uh, people just can't be perfect, right? And, you know, by the time you, you dig deep down, just like you've said, you find out that people are doing the best that you, that they can which brings me to my to my question is around your work. I mean, I like to call it uh, I like to call it the leadership of the future because it's basically what it is. If we want to be able to lead people into and then get not just get value but help people become better versions of themselves, um, basically we are telling we are leading them into or uh, how people should be taught or how people should be led rather for the future. So basically around your work, um, I mean, so could you just talk us through, you know, over the past few years, what you've been doing and and how has the experience been? Sure. So, and if I understood you were kind of um, breaking up just a little bit there at the end, but if I understand your question, it's really about like the work that I'm doing and how I'm helping to lead us into the future. Is that right? Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Thanks. So what I'll say is that the work that I do, the coaching methodology that I have developed and the journey that I'm on personally, because I do not believe in the adage, do as I say, not as I do, right? I am very clear that I am on a journey of self-discovery and evolution and improvement myself. So I I am not about pointing a finger. I'm not about telling people that I have it all figured out, right? Uh, I think we're yeah. all on a journey of, of self-discovery. So I don't claim to have all the answers, but what I have found that really works is I take my coaching clients through a journey of introspection to really get to know themselves, right? That self-discovery is a huge piece because I think that until we truly are courageous enough to take a look in that mirror, right? To see not just the impact that our actions have, but the stories, the subconscious beliefs that we have stored inside of us and that are running our lives. Until we get curious and look at those, there's no possible way for us to get in the driver's seat of our own lives if we are allowing that conditioning or those stories or frankly, even trauma responses to be in the driver's seat. So I take my clients on a journey of that self-discovery, that introspection to understand what is ruling their life. Why are they showing up the way that they are in order to let go of those limiting beliefs or those stories that are no longer serving them? And then it frees them up to imagine the possibilities, right? Imagine the future that they want to live that is true to themselves and the inside of their heart. And from there, once, once the imagination has happened, then we start to get into more practical work. We start to say, okay, what are the actions that are actually going to move you towards this dream? I'm a firm believer in small, daily, consistent action that leads to big change, right? We all know, we all have the friend, or maybe it's been us at some point where we say, you know what, I'm tired of being, in this case, I'll, I'll use an example of, I'm tired of being overweight. I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to start working out and it's all yeah. going to happen on Monday, right? And then we know that when we make these extreme gestures, when we overload ourselves by trying to do too many things at one time, by Wednesday or Thursday of that same week, we're right back to eating the Oreos or the junk food uh, <laughs> and not going to the gym. Right. So, so much of what I work with clients on is how do we break these actions down into actions that will move us in the right direction, but they are small enough that we feel a sense of accomplishment and they're easier to stick with. And then the final step of my methodology is that we all know that we can get derailed, right? Let's say, let's go back to the example of exercise, eating healthy. Let's say we're on a kick kick, and we've been doing that for a couple of months. We're starting to see some results. We feel really good. And then we get sick, right? We get a cough or a cold or something worse, God forbid COVID. Um, But we get, we get sick and we get derailed. And then as we regain our health, or our motivation or whatever it is, we can, it can be a lot harder to kickstart that habit again, right? Because we were doing really well and now we've been derailed. And so the last step of my methodology is known as build your guardrails. So we actually look into the future and say, what are those 
activities or who are those people who tend to derail us from the thing that we want the most and how do we build in intentional explicit guardrails you know if i get sick i'm going to give myself a week to get back to physical health and then i'm going to go to the gym right so we think through those inevitabilities those things that get us off track to really say how do i make sure that i stay on the path to living the best version of my life and being the best version of myself that i can wow um i mean so case in point so the last part you just described um basically describes me at this present point in time and the case being <laughs> i mean i i've been going to the gym um cuz uh, the missus has said the stomach and the belly has to go so i said okay you know uh, so I stopped eating late. Um, started doing a lot of vegetables, and you know, you know, I was going to the gym, and you know, I just like you said, I got some really nice kick out of it. Two, three months, paid for a three month subscription membership, and you know, um, then I had to plan my dad's seventieth and my son's first. It coincided, mm-hmm. and, and I literally just fell off the wagon. And it's been, it's been really difficult to get back. So I got a call from my trainer this morning, and I was like, "Hey, dude, what's up? I need you coming back to the gym." I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to back up the back." Deep down inside me, I know it's going to take a ton. It's going to take literally everything, every fiber of my being, to, you know, to get back <laughs> to the gym. And, and you're right. Um, it basically just shows that you know you understand and you know you know. And it helps to understand human psychology and human behavior as well. So once we understand how the human body or the human mind thinks, it becomes not easier, but it becomes some sort of um, we can find some way to you know make things work to our advantage based on that. Um, sure. And it, sure. Yeah, and speaking, well, speaking of human psychology, you know, I think that. Yes, it's great to have those milestones, right? It's great to say, okay, I'm going to, I want to lose a certain number of pounds or kilograms. I want to achieve certain results or milestones. And I think that is really helpful to get us motivated. But what helps me is also to remember that there is no finish line to this game, right? Whether it's exercising, leadership, self-improvement, all of that what happens when we get there, right? If we're so constantly focused on rushing to the quote unquote finish line of losing a certain amount of weight or achieving some other result in business, when we get there, we will just be running towards the next thing. And so I think sitting for a moment and really appreciating where you are on the journey, appreciating that you know, in your case, let's use you as the example, right? Instead, you could beat yourself up and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I fell off the wagon. I was doing so well. I'm stupid. I'm a terrible person because I, you know, I'm not consistent with it. We can berate ourselves. And as we know, we are our own harshest critic. But instead, you also can take the perspective of, wow, how amazing that I have these beautiful humans in my life that I get to celebrate. And it's okay if I don't go to the gym for a few days because I'm prioritizing my connection and relationship and celebrating them. I know that the gym's going to be waiting for me when I get back there. And it's okay because I have this beautiful experience in my life that I get to celebrate. Wow. I mean, this is 
totally new perspective entirely. Had I, I literally just have light bulbs going off in my head. <laughs> I, I, honestly, um, um, so and I think the question that begs to be answered is how did you come about this methodology and how long did it take for you to um, solidify it? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, great question. So how long did it take? So one, I'd say it's never done, right? You know, going back okay. to this whole idea, there's no finish line. I'd say yeah. that I'd say a couple of things. One, I would say that I leaned into this work very intentionally. So when I okay. went through a divorce a decade ago, I got very curious and I, I dove in. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a walking bookworm. I love books. So I started voraciously reading everything I could get my hands on about leadership, self-improvement, personal development, you name it. And then I started, I started attending workshops. I started looking for transformational workshops that would help me hold up that mirror to how I was showing up and the impact I was having on the people around me. And then what I what I did uh, that I wish I had done a lot sooner was I hired my own coach because workshops are amazing, right? Books are fantastic. And for me, working with a coach was the first time I had someone who was further along on the journey than me who could say, here are the tools, here are the resources that can serve you specifically on your journey rather than the general tools, right? And not to downplay the, the value of those tools, but having yeah. someone to look at my customized journey and my customized limiting beliefs and stories really helped amplify the work that I was able to do. So what I have found over the last decade is every time I hire a coach, I grow leaps and bounds uh, in a very condensed, concentrated way. And then I go on my own. I continue reading the books. I continue leaning into the work and practicing it. And then uh, and then I notice subtle improvement, um, but certainly not the same as when I'm really book. in the throes of doing the work. Interesting. Um, so let me stay on, on, on the question of the coach, right? Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of people tend to say, you know, having a coach seems to be overrated. I mean, what's your take? Mm. I would love to have one. Yeah. I've never had one. Um, I mean, so most of the stuff that I've learned, it, it's mostly me. Um, what's it called? So I have what I call maps and mirrors, right? And let, let me sure. I learned that from, from, from a guy um, a while back. So maps are, it's just like your, your map someone who knows the direction just like you said like a coach but I, I don't refer to them as coaches I refer to them as like like a guiding or like someone who's been on that journey before and then understands the, um, the potholes understands the cockpit yeah. and all of that yeah so those are my maps mirrors are yeah. for me are more like people who um, like peers my peers who more like like sounding boards basically so if you look I want to do this I want to take this journey uh, what do you think you know you have experience in this field what's your take you know, for me that's what I call them but I mean most people tend to say okay coaches are overrated um, mm -hmm. I mean so what, what's your take and what's your perspective 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love, I love that question, by the way. And I love that as a coach, you weren't afraid to ask it. So I really appreciate that. Um, as a coach, of course, I'm going to tell you, I'm very biased that coaching is not overrated. But here's what I will say. I will say that hiring the right coach is incredibly important because, uh, and my coach has this quote that I love. He says, if you think hiring a professional is expensive, think about what it's going to cost you if you hire an amateur. So it's not just about the financial investment, right? It's really truly about, and I think when it comes to finding a coach, I'll say one thing in general about coaching and then another thing about finding the right coach, right? So in general, I would say that as you just talked about, right, these mentors or these people who can kind of provide the map and say, here are the potholes, make a left turn here, you know, um, I think those are really great to have in our lives. But here's the fundamental truth that I believe with all of my heart. Nobody has been on the journey that you are meant to go on. I believe that we each have our own unique journey, our own gifts, our own pitfalls, our own uh, potholes that we will hit and encounter. And so I think that coaches in general understand this, right? It's about getting you out of the box, not putting you into a box. It's about helping you on your path, making sure that, you know, you've got your oil changed and your gas tanks full and, you know, all the things that we can do to help you on your journey. But ultimately we recognize that we have never been on that road trip with you. Uh, We can't go on it for you. We can be in the passenger seat or, you know, along for the ride, if you will. But ultimately, and I think this is the most beautiful your journey is absolutely unique to you. Nobody in this universe has ever existed with your unique experience, with your gifts, and no one ever will again. And I think that is pure magic. Um, But what I will also say when it comes to finding a coach is one, if you talk to a coach who doesn't have their own coach, run away <laughs> because it means that they, they aren't truly, uh, I don't know if this uh, idiom will, will translate culturally, but the idea of eating your own dog food, right? And I, I love dogs, so I, I like to use dog metaphors a lot, but I think that it's really, if, if as a coach, if you believe in the power of coaching so much so that this is your profession and the path that you're on as a, as a calling, yeah then you also recognize that you have your own uh, limiting beliefs, your own stories, your own growth opportunities. And so a coach who doesn't have a coach, I would say the same about a therapist who doesn't have a therapist, right? I, I say be, be highly skeptical and that's a red flag. And then I would say also that finding the right coach, you know, I've helped clients who have created transformative results in their lives who came to me and said, I really love working with you as a coach and I can't imagine working with anyone else. But I've also talked with people who have said, you're not the right uh, flavor of coach for me. And I think that's beautiful. I am not the coach for everyone. I And, you know, that's something else I would say is a red flag if there are coaches who say, I coach anyone, anyhow, any way, then again, run the other way because it sounds like they're more focused on putting money in their own pocket than truly serving you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's about creating, finding a coach whose values 
align with yours, whose lifestyle is hopefully aspirational for you, right? You like you like how they show up, you like the way they live, and you want to learn how to do your own unique version of that. Um, so yeah, so I think coaching is an incredibly powerful tool, but just as a hammer can be used as a tool to build a house or a weapon to inflict harm on someone, coaching is a tool just like all these others. I mean, so... I'm, so- you just said that, you know, no two journeys are the same. And I completely agree, right? Um, you also said, you also just said that you know, having a coach is, you know, makes sense for you to, to navigate some, some part of your journey and, you know, hopefully you find you know, someone that has your flavor and you guys can have some sort of harmony and all of that. But, so I think my next question is this. How do I know you know, this coach is right for me? I mean, what are the flags? What are the red flags apart from two that you just mentioned? What are the red flags that I should watch out for? And what are the positive parts that I should also look for? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a great question. I think ask ask the questions, right? Trust your intuition. I think we have been conditioned to believe that our body and our intuition cannot be trusted, that we should trust somebody else outside of us because they have the answers or they know better. So first and foremost, I would say lean into that gut feeling, right? If you have a first, an initial conversation with a coach and something feels off, trust that reaction, trust your intuition. And then I would also say, ask the questions, right? You know, ask the question of, how, how have you gotten to where you are and what makes you so confident in your own coaching ability? I think oftentimes we're afraid to ask those forward or bold questions. And I would argue that a coach who is afraid of those questions doesn't really believe in themselves either. Um, so I think very quickly, you know, it, let's say you ask a coach, how many of your clients uh, re-sign with you, right? Versus how many are just new clients. And if a coach, not to say that new clients are bad, right? Of course, we always want to grow our business and we're getting ourselves out there. But if if a coach says that they... Say again? I said repeat customers tend to mean a lot, which means they basically trust your brand, they trust you, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it means they're getting results through working yeah. with that coach. You hit the yeah. nail on the head, right? We we want to make sure that we're looking at does anybody else does anybody come back to you, right? Or is it is it a one and done? Um but then also I think like let's say social media is so big these days, right? Follow their content for a while, see how they're showing up, see how they live their lives. Are they vulnerable? Do they share their daily life with you? Do they share who they are and all the aspects? Do they share how they're growing and evolving as a person? Or do they come across, uh, one of the phrases I love is, are they the sage on the stage or the guide on the side? And just seeing if how they, their ways of being, the relationships that they have, how they live their daily life, is it something that you want to aspire to have more of in your life. Again, not that it would look the same, but I think following them and now coaches are so accessible through social media, we can really get a taste for who they are as people. 
um, I think that's really, really important. And then I think the other thing I would say too is what I have, uh, I have an experience with clients, especially during initial calls where they say, wow, that's really expensive uh, when they ask me how much I charge for coaching. And of course, going back to that quote I mentioned of hiring a professional versus an amateur. But the other thing I would really call out here is it goes back to that idea of trusting your intuition, right? There's a difference between trusting your intuition and being afraid and allowing your fears to run your life or, or determine your actions. And so if someone says, I charge X number of dollars for coaching, it doesn't matter what the number is, right? Because we all have different relationships with money. We all have different frames of reference. So the number is irrelevant in this example. But whenever they say, I charge X number of dollars, if your first reaction is something along the lines of, oh my gosh, that's so expensive. I could never spend that amount on myself because that seems really selfish or because I have a family to provide for or whatever it is. I love to turn that argument on its head and ask people how much they just paid for their newest iPhone, Mm. right? We think nothing of dropping over a thousand dollars on a piece of technology that we become tethered to. And yet when it comes to the idea of investing in our own growth in becoming the best version of ourselves, it's very hard to think about investing in that way because it's not something that everyone in our friend group necessarily does, right? We, We talk about the latest iPhone, the apps we love. How many times do you sit around with your friends saying, how have you invested in yourself this week? How have you invested in yourself this month? How are you refining yourself as a human being? How are you getting better? That's not really a, a conversation that many of us have on a daily basis. So it can be, it can feel really scary to step into the new version of yourself that invests at that level or invests in a coach. And um, I, I have a, a peer coach friend who's incredible, and she says it this way. She says, the person that you want to become, the life that you want to live, that you imagine for yourself, how would that person respond? Would they invest in, in coaching? Because we can't get to the person we want to be unless we start making decisions and taking actions as if we are that person already. Yeah. I took to so every now and then I tend to do some sort of evaluation of myself to say, look, um, what do I need um, the version of myself that I want to be in the next five years um, what you know what kind of skills or what kind of knowledge what kind of impact should he mm-hmm. you know, should I be doing at this point in time and most times just like you said people don't have those conversations with themselves and, and I also think that you know, we tend to see. Um, okay, let me explain it this way. Um, so, an iPhone is tangible. Using your iPhone, you know, the analogy, an iPhone is tangible, right? You know, I can see it, I can hold it, I can throw it on the floor. My child can throw it in a bucket of water, and, and it stops working. Right? But growth, to a large extent, isn't really as tangible as we want it to be. Right. And then it takes mm. a longer it takes a longer period of time or to a large extent it takes a longer time for us to see um, you know that work the work that we put in. It's just like going to the gym. You don't see yeah. results in a week. Right. Yep. 
it will take it will take a while. You have to watch your diet. You have to increase your weight gradually. You have to you know plan your meals. Know what to drink. Know what to what not to drink and all of that. You know. mm-hmm. and just to reiterate what you just said, we don't have that conversation. We as humans do not have this conversation with ourselves. I mean, just probably just a few of us do. And, and I think that the more we tend to, you know, have those conversations with ourselves, just like you said, and which is what you're doing as well, uh, for people that you're coaching, the more we see that, okay, look, I need to be a better person than, you know, I need to do stuff for myself, not just for now, but because I can be a better person in, in the future, right? And which will bring me to my next question. Um, I mean, so I just asked the question of, you know, what are the red flags if I want to pick a coach? Are there red flags for you if you want to pick a client as well? I mean, I, I want to believe it should go both ways. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, the first the first one, right, is, is this person coachable? Uh, let's say a lot of times their leader or someone in their life said, you need to hire a coach or you need to, you know, work with someone And when I get on a call with someone, if they are constantly pointing fingers and blaming other people or painting themselves as a victim, then I know that they are not yet ready to step into the journey that I am ready to take them on. Uh, And what I mean by that is, you know, the first step is really acknowledging Yes, there are always things out of our control. I would argue most things are out of our control. But there's also something beautiful and empowering and frankly terrifying about admitting to ourselves that we are in the driver's seat of our own lives, that the circumstances we create in our lives are very much a result of how we are showing up and how we are thinking about ourselves and how we are talking to other people. And if someone gets on a call with me and they start blaming, you know, their spouse or their boss or their kids for, you know, the ways that they show up, then I know immediately that this person is not ready to go on this journey. Um, It really starts the, the act of getting into the driver's seat to go on a journey of, self-discovery and evolution really starts with recognizing that we can be in the driver's seat and that we, we frankly, we are. And so why do you think from your own experience, why do you think people who want to take ownership of their lives or the decisions that they make? Oh gosh, because we're conditioned not to, right? I think that's the whole thing of this system is that we are conditioned to believe that somebody outside of us has more power, to believe that if we just try to be more like somebody else, then we will be happy and successful. And uh, frankly, it's a beautiful system that keeps people under control, uh, quite frankly. So, you know, I I like to talk a lot about the matrix and unplugging from the matrix. And I think that that is the reality of the world we live in. I think it's very, very difficult to create that awareness first and then to do something about it. It's terrifying. We're told that we will die. Uh, you know, that we'll told, we're told that it's incredibly risky to yeah. take ownership of our own lives because 
the whole point of our system to keep it propped up and working the way that it does means that we we can't all become the leaders of our own lives. We can't all listen to our internal voice because then the system that has been built on the backs of other people, uh, that system crumbles. So, so I think the system is designed to keep us from taking that ownership. And, and, I, and I think it, it, it once again really is modern because we, we think it's a lot easier not to take decision for ourselves. And over time, and I think which is what you know the guys in marketing tend to deploy over time. They tend to you know use tools and methodologies and systems that you know, push us to take that decision making out of our hands and basically mm-hmm. just make those decisions for you know, for us by the, the words they use, um, the technology they use, the techniques, and all of that. And if if you start to peel the layers, especially in the areas of marketing. You find out that it's all embedded in uh, human psychology. It's, mm-hmm. it's basically all, all embedded. Um, so th- there's this question I've been begging to ask. I'm not sure where. You know, okay, I'm going to take you back a little bit. So yeah. that question is: So what was the defining moment for you where you said, "Okay, this is my life's calling." I'm sure. I want to believe um, the divorce had something to do with it. I'd be wrong, you know. I mean, sure. if, if you if you care to share that with us, um, you know, what was that point sure. where your eureka moment said, "Look, I think this is what I want to do for the larger chunk of my life as as an adult, <laughs> basically." Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great question. I think uh, I tried very hard not to listen to it <laughs> for a long time. I. Uh, you know, I think I think there are the signs, right? If we start noticing them, I started coaching internally uh, about seven years ago inside of my corporate day job, and I fell in love with coaching. And then a couple years later, I fell in love with leadership. And then a couple years after that, you know, I started to really wake up to the system we're living in. So I'd say for me, it has not been one defining moment. It's been a series of inklings and notions and hints in that direction. Uh, And then I would say that for me, when I when I saw the impact that this global pandemic was having on all of us collectively as a species, for better or worse, right, I saw that we we were waking up right now, we are collectively kind of looking around us, right? And saying, why do we live in the world that we do? Why do we agree to these systems? And is there a better way? And so that was me uh, basically realizing that I had been taking swim lessons. I had been practicing surfing on the beach. I had been doing all these little things so that I could catch this wave and really help people who are curious, who are fed up with the way that things are, but because they haven't been on this journey already for a decade, they may not know where to turn. They may not know, how do I, how do, I do this work? How do I get support? What are the tools and the resources available to me? And when I started really leaning into that intuition and listening to my inner voice, that's when I realized I've been preparing for this all along. Um, so then it became really 
at that point, that turning point for me, I would have to justify not doing it, right? As scary as it is to step out, as scary as it is to put my heart on the line, I realized that not doing it would make me much more miserable than any of the risks that I could see in doing it. And I'm sure when you started doing it, it felt like some somebody was with I mean, it, it's a lot of work, I can imagine, but it also, I'm sure it must have felt like you know, somebody was lifted off your head or off your shoulders seeing that you're doing what you wanted to do. Depends on the day you ask me, honestly. Uh, sometimes, it, sometimes, you know, sometimes it, it feels like a burden. Uh, sometimes I curse the universe that I couldn't oh uh, be passionate about underwater basket weaving or, or some easier <laughs> hobby or, you know, um, sometimes it feels like a burden and sometimes it feels like every moment of my life has led me up to this point. Uh, so, so yeah, so some, it's, some days it feels like I'm liberated and empowered and so excited. And other days I just want to crawl under my desk and uh, hide from the world. So I think you've caught me on a good day today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy I caught you on a good day. Um, so, just, <laughs> so just as a roundoff, um, and I think my final question is this, how has the experience been taking people on this, you know, self-discovery journeys and then helping them discover, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I'd say it, it makes it all worth it, right? You know, I think the the burden and the the obstacles for me are figuring out the how. But when I get to have the honor and the privilege of, gosh, I might get emotional when I have the <laughs> honor and privilege of of being that person, of being able to hold space for someone as they come home to themselves makes it all worth it it's been uh, incredibly rewarding and man it makes it all worth it because I've had conversations with people where they they break down right and they say I thought this was part of who I am I thought I was doomed to repeat this pattern forever and when we when we shine the light on these stories and these limitations that are holding people back and when they really start to recognize that those limitations and stories are not actually part of who they are, that they can let go and they can take action towards living the life that they've dreamed of. Holy shit, there's nothing better. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I literally, just like I said, I just had light bulbs going off in my head. Just hmm. like talking. I, I know if I start to be, you know, creative dive myself hopefully with the help of a coach if i eventually go go you know go go that route um, I, I know you know we'll probably find a few interesting things that probably just go okay i mean it's just who i am and you know i'm just gonna leave with that but just like you you know the more you the deeper you go the deeper you find out that you can be a better person you can be a good leader or a better leader Without having to unearth this thing and then trashing it out and then becoming yeah, yeah. And I would say, well, I would say, I mean, I think based on our conversations, I think you know you're in a place where hiring a coach might be the right next move. But I also don't think that 
everyone should go out and uh, hire a coach tomorrow after listening to this episode. I'm sure they're, I'm sure everyone's ready to, uh, I think I've sold it, but no, I'm kidding, of course. Um, but I think there's a lot of work to get ready to work with a coach, right? Um, yeah. One one resource, one body of, of work that I would point everyone to if you are interested in diving into this work or you're curious, a little timid, um, Brene Brown, she's a story uh, teller and researcher on oh shame and goodness. vulnerability. I'm not sure if you're... Um, yes. I literally yeah, so just I bought say... um, Brave in the Wilderness and it's... Oh, perfect. Oh my goodness. I, I've, I've read two chapters. My wife took it so I had to get them. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the best book yeah. I've read since Professor Clayton Christensen's book. It's... I mean, it's it's mind mind blowing. My literally, I mean, that woman is literally <laughs> from another universe. Honestly, God bless her. She's incredible, me. right? Yes, she yeah. is. Yeah, she's incredible. The beautiful thing, though, is she's from right here on Earth, right? We all can tap into this side of ourselves. So I highly yeah. recommend all of her work, starting with the gifts of imperfection. If you're unfamiliar with her work. The Gifts of Imperfection is a great place to start because every one of her books builds on the last um, and sharing her research. And so highly recommend that as a body of work to get you started. Um, but then, of course, I will do my own selfish plug. If you're on social media, if you're on LinkedIn <laughs> or Instagram, definitely connect with me. Uh, happy to answer questions. Happy to be whatever service I can on your journey, whether that means you hire me as a coach or you simply follow along, right? Hear what I have to say. Uh, this is the type of content that I love, uh, obviously. And so I share yeah. a lot of my own stories, my own insights, my own wisdom and free tips and tricks for diving more deeply into yourself. So I will do that selfish plug and say, come follow me. Um, and then I'll say also, if you are a leader who is curious and you are looking left and right and you see that there's a better way to do things and you're interested in diving further in, I am actually hosting the Evolve Leadership Retreat. Uh, it's a leadership retreat that'll be um, taking place in January of 2022 in nice. Sedona, Arizona in the United States. So if you are interested in having a guide on the journey, uh, then definitely let me know. And I would love to connect with you and see how I can serve you on your journey. That's, sounds, sounds, okay. So you know what I'm going to do, right? So I'm going to get all of your social media handles, right? And I'm going to put it in the podcast notes for everyone to follow. And um, yeah, so and I'm sure, I mean, I'm, well, I'm privileged to be speaking to you. So I guess a lot of people will be privileged to be listening to you as well. Um, yeah. But so, before we leave, before we leave, I'm going to, I'm yes, going to put you on the spot just a yes. little bit. Um, please go ahead. What, what has been, what has been your biggest takeaway or what action do you want to take after this conversation? Um, if I'm being honest, right, I think the first yeah. thing for me is I, you know, I need to sit back, take a step back and actually ask myself, you know, what are things that more, like, more or less like a self deep dive um, to see. I have a feeling that I won't be able to do that, do that on my own. Um, and I might have to start, you know, exploring the, I mean, just like I've just said, exploring the possibilities of 
getting a coach to be able to get you know get this done. Um, and obviously, we'll be having another conversation, not on the podcast level, but on a personal level, um, in terms of you know, exploring and being a better leader, being a better person first before being a better leader. I mean that that's my mm-hmm. immediate action. Um, but the other immediate action is to follow on the, all your social media handles and. <laughs> perfect yeah, perfect yeah. not where i was going but but i love the direction you took so that's great thank you <laughs> yeah. um, i mean so i've i've literally just you know had my mind blown. it's i've never had any conversation around this kind of self-leadership before and you know and i guess hopefully it's not the last and I'm sure it's not going to be the last because I mean there are going to be conversations both personally and on the professional level as well in terms of um, hopefully having some sort of webinar. I mean we can always have that conversation outside um, outside here. You know, having some sort of webinar, um, we can always hash out the details um, and also look at the time difference as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that people can understand that, you know, there's a lot of work to be done if we want to get prepared as humans, as leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to happy to talk collaborations, webinars, workshops, uh, anything I can do to help advance this work because it may not have come across, uh, but I hope it did. I'm I'm very passionate about this work. So yeah, thank you so much for giving me the the space to have this conversation. Thank you for engaging and having such beautiful and insightful questions. Thank you very much, Paris, for the jump on the I mean, at first, to be honest, I was a bit skeptical to say, okay, will she, will she you know, um, is Clarissa going to say, okay, look, I won't have time, I'm busy, and all of that. But, I mean, she's been gracious enough to jump on this episode with me. It's been, uh, it's been enlightening, it's been engaging, it's been mind-blowing, feels like I'm being transposed into another, you know, an alternate universe, and... I think I'm going to listen to this episode on my own before I eventually, like three times before, you know, it goes live. Um, hmm. So thank you very much, Carissa, for jumping on this episode with me. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. And I'm forever grateful to have you on this episode. Back at you. So grateful to get connected. And I'm sure this is just the beginning. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. So that's it. Um, say a big thank you to Carissa again for jumping on this episode with us um, it was really insightful session uh, like I said uh, I'm going to get her social media handles and you know, share that in, listen, in the episode notes so that you know, people who want to connect and get engaged and have conversation with her can follow all our social media handles um, so my name is Efe Taiwo and yes Carissa didn't pronounce my name this time, but it's all right. Um, so my name is still Lefetaio, and this is the Super.